Texas takes the lead with a novel approach to banning abortion. Will it sail past the Supreme Court? I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angle brought to you, of course, by the members at BillWhittle.com. Gentlemen, the court this week heard arguments from both sides in a suit by abortion providers, they call them, abortionists, uh, members of the abortion industry, whatever you want to classify them as, against a new law known as SB8 for Senate Bill 8 or the Texas Heartbeat Act which in effect bans abortion after the sixth week or at the time when you can detect a heartbeat in the child. And the way that they did this is what's causing a stir at the court. And that is there is no state official who is empowered to enforce the Texas Heartbeat Act. Instead, they invite citizens to sue abortion providers, and they guarantee them that if they should win, the plaintiff will receive at least $10,000 in damages for that lawsuit. So this was an attempt to basically uh, bypass the judicial review at the federal level. And Stephen Green, it's gotten a hearing anyway. Um, the, The court is not sitting in judgment over abortion itself or whether it should be legal or not, but whether or not Texas can do what they're doing to, to, to attempt it this way. And Steve, the, the upshot of the intent is that if abortion providers are tied down, even with failed lawsuits under this uh, new act, that that will restrict their ability to operate. And in fact, since September 1st, when the law went into effect, those abortionists are saying that their businesses are in effect shut down and that people ha- should go to other states to try to get their abortions. Steve, um, this this is an interesting way of approaching this, but when it comes to constitutionality and the rule of law and the risk of this becoming precedent that could be expanded to deal with other so-called constitutional rights. Um, do you have any concerns about the approach? Yeah, I do. First, I, first I want to say something about the, uh, about the left, particularly the, the progressive left, which is not at all liberal in the, in the classic sense of the word. They've spent the last hundred years or so with this just incredible secret knowledge, this, this bit of Gnosticism that nobody else enjoys. See, the Constitution was written by people who are worried about government especially at the federal level, at the distant level, becoming too powerful and ignoring the uh, the concerns and, and uh, trampling the rights of American citizens. And they had fought a revolutionary war on this very thing. And then in support of the Constitution that they had written, they then proceeded to write a bunch of papers, these Federalist papers, explaining just how the Constitution was designed to prevent these government overreaches of power. But the uh, the progressives, thanks to their secret knowledge that the rest of us are, are unaware of, uh, discovered these these various keys that unlock the hidden statism inside the Constitution. And, you know, they've been using the courts and all of these other various keys to uh, to to expand these federal powers in ways that the that the founders would just, well, they take up arms against. And we can state this for a fact because the founders did take up arms against overweening political power. So you have that on the one side. On the other side, you have uh, conservatives and libertarians who have basically been on the losing end of progressivism for the last century. And it's frustrating because once these these secret doors that only the progressives have the keys to are unlocked, it's, it's difficult or impossible to shove those government powers back inside the Constitution where they belong. 
Um, so on a practical matter, I don't think this law works. I don't think it stands up in court. I don't think it's a particularly effective way of going about doing what the state of Texas feels is right for the, for the, the citizens, the residents of Texas. That said, that concern said, it is heartening to see the right to think in a novel way that we haven't tried before, because who knows, maybe someday we will figure out a, a novel means to cage this beast back up. Bill Whittle, some on the court, the high court that is, um, asked questions during this session about uh, whether somebody should be able to sue an abortion provider when they have not experienced themselves any harm. Uh, the state basically answered, the state of Texas answered and said, well, it could be argued that somebody uh, experiences a kind of extreme moral outrage when they hear of a non-compliant abortion, meaning one that doesn't comply with the new Texas Heartbeat Act, and that person could be upset enough to sue and collect damages. Uh, Samuel Alito, the Supreme Court Associate Justice Alito, uh, basically said to the abortion providers, well, if you're concerned about standing, that's not a question that we have to resolve. The Texas Constitution itself handles that question for you. Why are you even in front of uh, the Supreme Court? And in fact, Texas has made the argument that that, that state should be the source. Those courts in the state of Texas should be where this case is, is being adjudicated. There's a couple dozen cases already underway in Texas. Uh, Bill, do you see any hazards for conservatives, particularly uh, for Second Amendment advocates, in this idea of passing laws that don't have a government enforcement mechanism, but rely on freelance lawfare justice, I'll call it? Yeah, I just spend very, very little time on that. Uh, yes, if you if you allow this kind of thing to happen, then what happens if they pass a law on, as you pointed out on our backstage show, uh, selling ammunition? There's no enforcement, but if you can sue every guy who sells ammunition, then you can. You know, uh, I, I don't really understand that aspect of it. I don't really care. Uh, when I first heard the story, uh, when you first gave it to us back on the backstage show, my first reaction is my current reaction. And that I think it's, I just think it's morally uh, coward, cowardly on the part of Texas to do this. Uh, it, it To me, it sounds like we want to do something that we think is morally correct, but we don't want to stand behind it. We don't want to. We don't want to actually stand our ground on this. It's, it's very un-Texan in that way. The, not going to get into. I know this is not about the abortion issue, but the reason that this law is so dangerous to to progressives is because the the reason this abortion issue has gone on and is so difficult to resolve is because there are two endpoints. There's conception and birth, and traditionally we don't think that there's anything along that spectrum between these two points. So if you're if you're in favor of being able to abort a baby, you should be able to abort a baby three minutes before it's to be delivered. And yeah. no one's in favor of that, right? So there's no, the whole issue is, is this a person? And if so, when does it become a person? That's where the entire fight is. And that's why people are pushing for late-term abortions because they just consider it to be tissue. Okay. The reason this law is so dangerous is that it has put a marker down on that spectrum, after conception and before birth, it's put a marker down and it said, this is a pretty good way to determine that something different has happened now. Now that this thing has its own heartbeat, it is now an individual 
being. And I might point out that the, that the fetus does not have the same genetic code as, as the mother and so on, but that's been there since conception. But you get my point, right? This is the, the heartbeat law is something that people can really easily understand and it sounds reasonable and fair. And that's why everything possible has to be done to strike it down. And my feeling is if you're going to pass a law like this, you ought to stand on it. You ought to just make a stand and say, this is what we believe. This is a reasonable belief. That's how we do things in Texas. We have a federal system that allows people in different parts of the country to set their own rules. If you don't, if you live in 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 uh, Alabama and you want to go gambling, then get on a plane and go to Nevada. I was in Tennessee when I was 13 years old and it was a I went to a restaurant in a dry county at the time and and I, here's what I remember about it uh, you you could go into the restaurant you could have a drink but they couldn't serve you a drink you could bring your own drink you could bring your own bottle, but the bottle could not rest on the table. The bottle had to rest on the floor. But as long as the bottle rested on the floor the, and, the, and the restaurant didn't sell it to you, then you could have a drink. And I thought, this is just absolutely insane. You know, I can understand a law that says no drinking and I can understand a law that says you could drink whatever you want to. But this kind of thing is just plain cowardice. And and that's my reaction to it, is that it strikes me as a cowardly way to enforce a law that I think makes a lot of sense. And if Texas is basically saying, well, we don't want to deal with the court troubles, then they're just kicking the can down the road. This is what Texas, Texas is supposed to be in front of these issues. And, and this doesn't sound like a very Texas way of dealing with this particular one. You know, I was kind of torn on this when I first heard about it, because, of course, I rejoice that there are still some people who decades after the Roe versus Wade decision are still willing to fight this battle, who still haven't given up, who are still trying to innovate and find a way uh, constitutionally to get around this uh, abortion of justice that happened at the Supreme Court. I, I admire the people who are trying. On the other hand, if you're to believe in a nation with the rule of law, then you don't pass laws that don't have enforcement mechanisms. You don't pass a law and say, we're not going to enforce it and then kind of deputize an army of freelance attorneys to go out there and do what they can to enforce it themselves. Uh, that's, uh, I want to call that too clever by half. I mean, it's, it's playing games with something that's deadly serious. And Bill is absolutely right. Uh, uh, you know, to quote Dr. Seuss, a person is a person, no matter how small. And so when we start to draw a dividing line and say, well, once you can hear the heartbeat, then you can't abort that baby, then you've already lost. You've sacrificed everything. And I understand the approach. Any little bit helps. If you can cut out some abortions, then that's better than cutting out no abortions. Um, but I think ultimately, even the conservatives on the court are going to have, uh, and pro-life conservatives on the court are going to have a hard time standing with this one. Uh, my guess is, if I had to guess, is that they will throw it back to the Texas courts, or at least the conservatives will wish to do that because it shouldn't even be in federal court to begin with. Uh, but I, I'm with Bill. I think Texas needs to stand up and 
and say what they mean and take a stand behind what they mean. And I think the fundamental problem and the failure of conservatives and constitutionalists across the decades regarding this issue is that rather than trying to effectively make the case in a way that would persuade, we, the most passionate among us, have engaged in badgering and protesting and insulting and doing things to make a spectacle of ourselves um, rather than actually trying to make the case of why this is important to people who don't already support us. And by the way, I will exempt from that critique the people who have quietly stood by abortion clinics and prayed. Those people deserve our applause and approbation, and most of their names you will never hear. But if you really believe in this issue, and I think many of those watching this show do, then you've got to believe that there has to be a constitutionally legal approach to this. But at the heart of it, it's a moral question. It's got to be resolved in the human heart. And that's going to take changing some hearts. And hearts don't change by badgering and insults and argument. Hearts change by repentance and conversion to a new way of thinking. And that's what we need to pray for. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 